Objects are amazingly rich documents of our lives. We call it interpretation, but it's really to reveal the voice of the makers and also the users. This is Object, a podcast about design and contemporary craft in Australia. I'm your host, Lisa Carl from the Australian Design Centre. In this series, you'll learn all about ceramics. You'll hear about making handmade pottery on a large scale, how you teach ceramics. We'll talk to writers and photographers, and we'll go behind the scenes with curators and art dealers to hear about collecting. Eva Chernis-Riddle is an art and design historian and curator of arts and design at the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney. In this episode, you'll hear about the special skills of a museum curator, what makes a work of ceramics suitable for a museum collection, and the unique history of ceramics collected by the Powerhouse Museum. You'll also hear from Vicky Griemer on setting up a living bequest fund for ceramics. Hi, Eva. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for having me here. Eva, you're an art and design historian, writer and curator at the Powerhouse Museum here in Sydney. I know that your interest is in all things craft, design, architecture and the intersections of these disciplines and how we display artefacts in the exhibition context. Most recently, you've created an enormous exhibition of ceramics at the museum, including objects from the collection and new acquisitions. I'm going to ask you about the exhibition Clay Dynasty later in our conversation. But first, I want to congratulate you on what must be the most comprehensive survey of ceramics we've seen in this country. Thank you so much, Lisa. That's true, isn't it? It is the first survey, Clay Dynasty. Actually, I hesitate to call it a survey. This is a collection-based exhibition and basically focuses on the last five decades of studio ceramics in Australia, collection-based. And we have an amazing collection, naturally. Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you came from growing up and studying art and design in your home country of Poland to landing at the Powerhouse Museum? I started working for the Powerhouse Museum in the mid-80s. Having studied art history and curatorship in Poland, and I was one of the research assistants who were hired by the museum to develop the first exhibitions for the new powerhouse museum that was to open in 1988. And then after that, yes, I landed a job with the powerhouse museum as museum curator. At the powerhouse museum, ceramics have always been at the front and center of collecting right from the beginning when we were established in 1879 as a result of Sydney International Exhibition. Mm. The museum was collecting ceramics because of the economic value of its industry and technological progress. Mm. So we were acquiring ceramics to illustrate, to educate local pottery industry, what you can make from clay. Mm. So in the same way, you know, there's economic botany when we're collecting timbers and we were an experimental kind of research institution while we were making essential oils from eucalyptus. In the same way, we were collecting ceramics because we wanted to inspire the local industries to use local clay. As it happened, we were buying objects that were created in studios 
handmade by men and women. So very much a, a, in those in those days and probably still today, a teaching collection. A teaching collection. As well as a collection mm, of beauty mm. and history and, yeah, a living collection really. What are the essential features, do you think, of a museum curator? The first one that comes to my mind is curiosity. Then, of course, it's useful to have some knowledge and then, of course, comes experience. Curiosity, knowledge, being open and flexible. Yes, when you work in the museum, you work with objects, but objects are made by people. Mm. So curiosity about not only about objects, how they were made, why they were made, but also about people behind them. And then I think about how the people who made those objects would like these objects to be presented. Exactly. Yeah. So there's always the curatorial eye. And everybody has a different one. And inevitably, even though you try as much as you can to be impartial, you always go for your instinct. And each group of objects or each part of the collection that is formed by a specific curator has this specific flavor, if you like, because this is inevitable that you respond to it in your personal way. You're using your personal aesthetics in a way too. But this is only part of it. Most of all, I'll be looking at what's in the collection and also often what I would like to show in the exhibition, what I would like to say in the exhibition. So you have a long-term vision, but you also have your specific immediate aims. Ah, very interesting. Objects are amazingly rich documents of our lives. They're all about events and stories and memories and nostalgia and all of those kinds of things like come into objects and the way in which they're displayed in a museum context. Mm. Ceramics are one of the oldest forms of artistic expression. We know that. Mm. But in fact, they are also one of the oldest human inventions, if you like. And they are tangible expressions of societies and cultures, as we just said. Let's focus for a moment on how incredibly old ceramics are. Ceramics originated before the Neolithic period. And one of the oldest known figurines is this amazing Venus of Dolny Vestonice from Brno, which is a region in Moravia in today's Czech Republic. The objects are such a rich source, I can't stop repeating it, of incredible knowledge about who we are, where we've been, where we're going. We're talking about historical objects, but when you look at contemporary ceramics, the ceramics reveal not only about a particular individual who has made the object, but also about the context, you know, of our time. Now we are going through this amazing revival of interest in ceramics. And this is a global phenomenon. So I don't think that ceramics are a phenomenon, if you like, that is going to pass. I think, as they say, clay is here to stay. Vicky Grima, OAM, was the editor of the Journal of Australian Ceramics and CEO of the Australian Ceramics Association from 2005 to 2023. She's also a practising ceramics artist. I've 
donated to the Art Gallery of New South Wales $100,000 in two lots of $50,000 with the aim for that money to be spent on collecting contemporary Australian ceramics. What happened for me was that two things coincided. I was looking at updating my will and I'd been floundering around with it for a couple of years because I wanted to work out how to set up a donation to buy Australian ceramics and put it into a gallery. In 2018, I was listening to this podcast, Tales of a Red Clay Rambler, on which Glenn Barclay was speaking. And out of the blue, he said, if I had 100 grand, I could start a ceramics collection in one of these big institutions that's been basically ignoring ceramics for decades. So my ears just pricked up, even though I certainly didn't have a hundred grand floating around. I just went, that's so interesting that he has said that. I actually started thinking about it and I thought, just take one step. So I had a chat to Glenn and so we started the ball rolling. He had a chat with the Art Gallery of New South Wales, so it chugged along. In May 2019, I went ahead and donated the first 50000 The only guidelines I would put on it was that all the ceramic work had to be made in Australia by Australian citizens or an Australian resident. I wanted the money to be used to buy several pieces rather than one piece. The example I gave was 10 pieces by 10 different artists rather than one piece by one artist or five pieces by one artist. And I also had a request that I be allowed to sit in on the discussions about what was bought. So it was made very clear to me that it wasn't my choice as to what to buy but I wanted to know how they made that decision and that Glenn would take some steps to looking at what ceramics would be bought with a donation that would complement the Art Gallery of New South Wales collection. One of the pieces was Yasmin Smith's bundle of Nataria branches And so there were strong links to the Art Gallery of New South Wales collection to works by an Indigenous artist, Jonathan Jones, called Untitled Illuminated Tree. You'll see an immediate connection with the forms. And there was another connection to works by Noreen Hudson, another Indigenous artist who made work at Ontaria, which is Hermansburg using local plant matters. So the links between what Yasmin was doing, she was taking casts of tree trunks that were out there, burning the ash to make the glazes, to make the ceramic work, and then the fact that Noreen had made work using local plant matter in that same location. So there were those sorts of connections to the collection. Our hope is that we can work out a way to keep that fund 
going with donations from other people. I ended up feeling that it was quite a personal commitment to something I'd seen happening for a long time, and that was the lack of Australian contemporary ceramics in places like the Art Gallery of New South Wales. And it just seemed also in travelling around the country that lots of regional galleries had almost like stopped buying contemporary craft. And so I thought it was worth finding that money to get it started so I could actually enjoy it and see it. And I have because one of the big thrills I got just recently was the opening of the Sydney Modern. I went into one of the preview nights and turned a corner and there was Yasmin's work so beautifully displayed. And I thought, there you go. It's happened such a thrill and makes me want to cry, really. But it's, you know, that's just how it is. It's fantastic. I wanted to ask you, Eva, um, what makes a work of ceramics suitable for a museum collection? In terms of museums and galleries, we have these days collection development policies. So you have specific criteria, but it's up to the curator how do you interpret it. So, for example, you have a long term, you have your vision, so you keep watching, so to speak, you know, what's happening around. You, you read, you travel, you endeavour to know the field. But, of course, you can't see everything, especially now when there is so many approaches and so many artists working in the field, museum collections are vital organisms. They have this lively tendency towards uneven growth, if you like. But also, for example, if you put on an exhibition, and Clay Dynasty was a great example, then you you have a very good look at your collection. Now you have this opportunity to uh, revisit the area and perhaps acquire or even commission artists to complement the collection or provide this kind of historical continuing. So you actually are able to document the industry if you have this ambition. And as it happened, we've acquired 70 new objects for Clay Dynasty and many of them were new commissions from artists. And... Those commissions would be both by women and men ceramicists working across Australia from all the states. When I look at the Clay Dynasty artists and objects that we have on display, and we have 400 objects by 160 artists, you can realise what an amazing network, this community. That's why we called Clay Dynasty Clay Dynasty, because it's not only the network of potters who have worked for three generations, either continuing its tradition or rejecting it, which I also see as a continuation. And you can see the rich range of designs and approaches. Which is fantastic because Clay Dynasty gives all of us an insight into the history of Australian ceramics. Thank you so much, Lisa. Let's ask you about one particular ceramic object that you own in your collection. One object that I treasure, and it's sitting on the bookshelf in my studio, 
is a pot, beautiful green pot, by the late Meran Essen. Meran Essen was head of ceramics at the National Art School for many years. She made pots, often very large, my pot is small, that responded to the beauty of the Australian landscape. She is very well known for developing this rich green glaze, matte glaze, that in a way reminds me spring fields. You know when you when you look at the fields from the aeroplane, the kind of bird's view, and you see the rectangles, the squares of the fields that are green, and you fly high above it, and you see this beautiful patchwork below you. And when I look at Maren's pot that I have, it's kind of not very organic, but it's also not geometric. It's exactly how I remember for the first time when I flew over Australia, how the Australian fields looked like. And in a way, they're slightly different to what I would have seen when, <laughs> if I would have been in Europe. This greenery, this rich green color, which responds or maybe I respond to it because this is such a different light in Australia than it is in Europe. When I perhaps write an article or work at home from, you know, on my computer, and when the light through the window shines on this, I think how beautiful it is and, and how amazing it is. It reminds me that I'm actually in Australia. <laughs> and it reminds me of Meran Essen and about her amazing achievements as a teacher. And I think about Meron, how warm and generous she was. And I also remember that I got this pot because Meron donated this particular piece to an exhibition that was to raise funds for bushfires in Australia. So there's this context, rich context. You ask me about what the objects can tell you. And this particular object is only reminding me of a wonderful artist and and human being, but also about Meron's generosity and of the circumstances in which I acquired the pot. I think about how it sits along the other pots by other people and I can see the stories and how they relate to each other but somehow, in a strange way, I am this Polish curator working in Australia now, and I'm surrounded not by pots by Polish makers, but by Australian makers. So when I look at all these pots, and they sit in the row and look at me, and I look at them, and I feel I'm at home. That was Powerhouse Museum curator Eva Chernis Real. What I took from this conversation was the essential features of a museum curator experience, knowledge, and curiosity about people and the objects they make, and that ceramics is one of the oldest human expressions, originating before the Neolithic period and how ceramics tells us so much about who we are in the context of the times. 
both Eva and I definitely agree that clay is here to stay. This is the final episode of Object in Series 2. If you haven't already, go back and listen to Series 1. You'll meet Australia's master craftspeople in jewellery, ceramics, metalwork and textiles. I hope you've enjoyed this series about ceramics. Stay tuned for Series 3. Thanks for listening. Object is a podcast of the Australian Design Centre. We'd like to thank Visions of Australia, the federal government's regional exhibition touring program, for funding support towards this podcast. Object is produced by Jane Curtis in collaboration with Lisa Carl and Alex Fiveash. Sound engineering is by John Jacobs.